to we don't have a name now. <laughs> two Lukes and and a room, I guess. It's the return of Opinions Anonymous, return of the podcast. And here today with Luke. I'm Luke. Won't get confusing. And we're just gonna go right into a few topics today. The first one, something near and dear to both our arts wrestling. Of course. And what is our Mount Rushmore of wrestlers? So not necessarily the best wrestlers, but our favorite wrestlers for whatever reason. How do you want to do this? You want to alternate back and forth, or you want to go? Yeah, I think I think we can alternate back and forth. Get that okay conversation flowing. Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and start since you've been talking for so long. All right. Yes. Thank you. Um, anyone who actually knows me. Is not going to be surprised by number one. Uh, that's Edge. Can't tell you why, but just ever since I saw him and Christian together, I was a huge fan when he broke out on his own. I was a big fan. I have a huge hatred for John Cena, not because it's the cool thing to do, but because he was always fighting Edge. So, of course, I have to hate him. Um, I don't know. He was... The first bad guy that I really remember thinking he's so cool being a bad right. guy. And I I don't know why, but I've just always gravitated towards towards Edge as one of my favorites. Well, I'll easily build off of that then if people actually know me. My first entry is Jeff Hardy. And it's kind of the same reason. So when I grew up or in the peak of my wrestling watching years growing up, it was Matt and Jeff Hardy, Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys. And probably some of the coolest matches ever, especially for the time. I mean, groundbreaking TLC, even the tables match with the Hardys and Dudleys at the Royal Rumble, like those were my favorite matches. We would wrestle in the backyard and I would do all of Jeff Hardy's moves. Like, it, I just loved it. So kind of the same. I, I mean, I stopped... And then, of course, his when he went on his a little bit of a singles run, the, the ladder match with The Undertaker was one of the coolest things. Um, maybe a top five moment on Raw ever, but that's my first entry. And I know he's, you know, historically the more popular Hardy and a lot of people like him, but maybe not as fresh. That's, that's number one on my list here. Or not number one, I shouldn't say. Any given order. He's, he's on yeah, Mount yeah. Rushmore. Mount Rushmore, yeah. order, there is no order, yeah. although yeah. I think our number ones are pretty clearly our number one. Yes. Can't really complain about Jeff Hardy any. Yeah. Uh, my second one is more of a person that I related to just because growing up I a little bigger than, than most kids. A little heavier. And so I always absolutely loved Mick Foley. Oh. Whether it was Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, it didn't matter. He was a guy that had so much personality. He wasn't in the best shape, but he went out there and he could still hang with your Shawn Michaels or your Stone Cold or your Rock. He was eye to eye with those guys. And he looked like a random dude you'd walk by at Walmart. Like, for some reason, I just always gravitated towards that. I always loved Mick Foley, still do to this day. Almost made my list. Uh, I know we we kind of briefly talked about this, and I said, you know, I don't I don't know if Rock or Austin are on there. Mankind, Mick Foley, do love whichever one you want to say. Cactus Jack, Commissioner Foley, Commissioner Foley, yeah. 
I had a commissioner fully action figure. I still have a commissioner action fully given to me by my good friend Cutter as a gift. Yeah. A great, great choice. And yeah, wasn't wasn't always in the best shape, but always gave 100% plus. Uh, him, and, him and Terry Font for some new age outlaws was a fun feud that I just happened to remember. Don't you mean Chainsaw Charlie? Not Chainsaw Charlie, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> All right, number two on my list. So before I get into the rest of my list, I, I am a little bit different than you on the wrestling spectrum because I took a huge break. So I missed a lot, like from, I would go back and watch them, but from like 1990 all the way through early 2000s for sure, probably to like 2005, I would watch every single wrestling thing every single week no questions asked and then from 2005 or 2006 to shoot i don't know like 2016 17 18 like i watched zero and then i started reading it a little bit more i would throw it on on mondays and thursdays or fridays whatever smackdown was on um, before i go to bed so i would really get back into it, but i was reading everything and then AEW came and it was a new alternative. And I was really excited about the thought and concept of following something starting from the ground and starting from ground zero. I don't know a lot of these people to watch them grow. So I have not missed an AEW event then. So right now when I view my Mount Rushmore, it's not necessarily in history. It's a, it's a Mount Rushmore that I think if we did this in a year, I might have different people on there. I mean, Jeff Hardy's probably still in there because I, you know, but, but different people. So the rest of mine are, are probably going to be a little different than maybe you would expect. But number two on my Mount Rushmore, uh, it's going to be a tag team. Going to have some controversy here, but the Young Bucks. So that's, yeah. I mean, you can't pick one without the Right. Other. Yeah. You have to have yeah. yeah. Uh, the Young Bucks, not knowing a lot about them. Prior to AEW, obviously, they were huge on the Indies. They went to ROH. Um, you know, they did a lot of things, fought the Hardy Boys several times. But watching them start AEW and, you know, putting over young tag teams or just putting on ridiculous matches with the Lucha Brothers, like, they they can go all out. And now, like, what's going on with them now is they're the biggest Craig assholes in the world that uh, you hate them because they're so good at what they're doing. And to me, I think that, you know, I, I'm putting a tag team on there and it has to be them because they're just fantastic at everything they do. I, they were definitely one of those teams where even though I focused so much on WWE for so long, I was a, very aware of what they were doing around the world because yeah. even in New Japan and things like that, they were right. everywhere. They were at the top of the card everywhere they were. A lot of people recently have been down on them, like, oh, they're they're terrible. They're taking up all this time. Like, that's a part of the character. That's yeah. a part of what they're doing. Like, like you said, they're too good. They're not doing <laughs> the fun stuff that people like right now. They're not doing necessarily the flips or the, you know, the dives or anything, they're being total assholes because well, they kind of can. Yeah. Like and 
I think it's going to be great when somebody comes in and shuts them up and then eventually they'll turn back face and all will be forgiven. But yeah, the young bucks, number two. Good pick. And I'm glad you mentioned your big stretch of not watching wrestling. Right. Because that's where it's pretty important. Yeah. That's where my third pick's going to come from because you're not going to really know much about this person. Yeah. Uh, You've heard a lot about them in the past few weeks though. And that person's going to be CM Punk. Uh, I don't, I can't even put a finger on like Mick Foley. Yeah. He looked like me. He looked like a normal person. CM Punk doesn't look like me at all. Like, he no. does look like just an average dude with a bunch of tattoos. Like, he right. was never the greatest physical shape. He, I don't know if it was that cool heel thing that he was doing or, you know, he he was never a good guy, but people cheered for him. I don't want to make comparisons to Stone Cold because I don't yeah. think that's fair to anybody. But he never played your typical good guy, but people still loved him for what he was doing and what he was saying and on the microphone, very few people could match what he was doing. I was always just, every time his music hit, he had some of the best entrance music, first off. But every time he came out, I was mesmerized. What's he going to do? What's he going to say? And I don't know over the past 10 years if anybody else has really made me feel that way. Right. Of, I need to see what this person's doing. That's also why I'm so excited at the rumors currently that he is coming back to AEW and hopefully that comes true because it would then become must watch for me. Yeah, and a great segue into we will be attending where he's hopefully coming. So we're going to Chicago in 10 days to watch AEW Rampage. Uh, the only second week of it. So yeah, CM, CM Punk, I mean, and I, I won't say the other name in case also on your list, but it was in a time period where I wasn't really watching. So I know I, I've known you're a huge fan and I'm just like, I don't, it's not that I don't respect or, you know, think that he's great. I've just never really got a chance to watch him live. I can go back and watch all the YouTube, but you know, it, being in the moment and, and feeling it is way different than uh, experiencing it or watching it later on. So a great pick. And hopefully, hopefully we'll get to see it live soon. Uh, my next one, this is going to be where the controversy comes in. No doubt about it. You might have even told me I wasn't allowed to do this. And, I, and if I have to pair it back, I will. Sable. Yeah, yes, it is Sable. One and two. No. <laughs> it is the Dark Order. And so it, it's, it's a faction and it's too many people. I get it. And I was just going to say, like, Hangman... And, and John Silver, and if I had to even pare that down, I would maybe say him in. But I, I just want to talk about all of them in general, because starting from day one in AEW, Dark Order debuted after, I think, a match with Best Friends and uh, Santana and Ortiz. They attacked both teams. They were interesting to me. And then they just stalled. They didn't do anything too exciting. It was just people who know Stu Grayson and a bunch of people on masks. They started recruiting people. Uh, They went to John Silver and Alex Reynolds, who were jobbers, have not done anything. They said, hey, we can help you. Now, those two are two of my favorite people ever. Like, they're just, they're fantastic. Fast forward a little bit, Brody Lee comes in, and 
kind of gives them a purpose or give the, gives them some clout. Now, after Brody Lee's passing, they decided we're going to be, I can't remember what they said, less about dark and more about bringing order to people's lives. So they turn face, they have fun, and their dynamic, I shared something on Twitter on the Opinions Anonymous page, their dynamic with Hangman and everything going on with Hangman, it, it was a, it's a two-minute video, and living through it, like I just mentioned, it is like, has me on the edge of my seat. If, if Hangman won the title and the Dark Order came out to celebrate with him by beating Kenny, cleansing his demons, like it, it would be a tear-jerk moment for me that it would be fantastic. So I realized this is cheating. You know, I, I'm maybe it's just Hangman. And Hangman, too, when he debuted the first pay-per-view, fought Chris Jericho, well, he won the Casino Battle Royal, fought Jericho for the title. I did not like him. I didn't like really anything about him. As I watched, they gave him a character. They gave him and Kenny Omega as the champions, the tag champions, so much character that I've now grown to really like him. And that's kind of what I love about pro wrestling in general, but watching his progression in my mind, going from somebody the fans weren't really behind to now cowboy shit is chanted constantly. So, so I just maybe fill me in a little bit on this. I... I follow basically the results mm-hmm. of AEW, but I don't actually watch it. So I was kind of under the impression that Hangman was kind of along with the Dark Order as opposed to being a part of the Dark Order. Yeah, so it was always a thing where they were asking him to join and he's like, no guys, this isn't my thing, this isn't my thing. And I don't, I don't know that he's ever said, like, I'm in the Dark Order, but when they came out for the 10-man tag against the Elite, uh, came out together, he's in the middle, he's wearing the purple scarf, uh, you know, so, and now he lost that match, he's bummed that he lost, he feels bad because he ruined their chances of getting a tag title shot, and now he's like, I need space, and he got the shit beat out of him, and they ran out, and Uno and Grayson are like, nope. He doesn't want us here. He needs space. So it's like just tugging at my heartstrings, watching it happen. But uh, so is he really in it? Maybe not. But as characters on TV right now, the two are very much intertwined. Because okay. I, I would definitely give you the Dark Order. I don't. I'm, yeah, I'm not, not sure. Man, 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 just yeah. part of it or not. That's fair. But but as as their own. It's not like the NWO where you had these three main event guys. Yeah, that's what you told me you couldn't, that I couldn't do. They've (laughs) they've always just been a group. Yeah. I couldn't have even, I I could have came up with a couple of names, but I don't really know who it is. To me, it's just the Dark Order. Right. Whereas with NWO, you can name, you know, Nash, Hogan, all all the individual people. So I will definitely give you the Dark Order. All right. We'll see about whether Nash is a part of (laughs) it. Um, I think my next one, my, my, my fourth and final on Mount Rushmore might be controversial as well. Not as far as does it count, but as far as, in my opinion, this person, and they've been a multiple time world champion, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest careers ever. And I will still argue that they do not get the recognition they deserve. I still believe this person's underrated, even though they're one of the greatest of all time. All right. This may change if you ask me at a different time. Today, on the spot, 
I'm going to go with Triple H. Okay. Yeah. So many people want to complain and say, oh, he married the boss's daughter. He's handed everything. He buries everybody, blah, blah, blah. The dude is damn good. <laughs> looks, like, looks like a million bucks. All his matches were great. And I actually, there's one match I want to mention that made me really realize how great Triple H was. And I didn't know that I, I don't know that I recognized at the time. But this might have been in the time you weren't watching, but there was a Samoan named Umaga. Mm-hmm. And he would just come out and destroy people. And, and one of the, these moves that he used was a nerve hold on the neck. And he'd just, you know, hold it, and the person would be like, oh, that hurts. And then they'd break out and keep fighting. And I was like, for being such a big, destructive dude, that move is so dumb. Right. Like, I didn't get it. And then he fought Triple H one time. Triple H, for five minutes, <laughs> was trying to get feeling back in his arm afterwards. He couldn't use his arm. It was just dangling by the side. That move that I thought was so stupid, had no effect, made it look like it paralyzed him right? for five minutes. And then it was like, that's how everybody should be selling. The importance of selling, like, absolutely. Like, he made me believe that what the other guy was doing was real. It's just those small little details like that that I feel like he did that nobody else did. Every match he was in, he would sell like his life depended on it. And yeah, he may have ended up winning the match when he shouldn't have. Right. But I don't know that anybody got in the ring with him and looked worse for doing so. Yeah. So I just those little things that I notice, especially now that I'm a little older and see it, like I truly believe Triple H is deserves to be in that conversation for greatest of all time. I absolutely agree. And yes, maybe he was given things that he shouldn't have been or whatever. But yet, I mean, even at the height when he stole Stephanie McMahon, drugged her, they got married, like the heel work he was doing then, I mean, DX, I mean, you can't, you can't talk about DX without obviously talking about him and Michael's, but I I think that's a great thing, honestly. I think that's one that's could be on the true Mount Rushmore yeah. of top top four greatest wrestlers ever. But once again, a lot of controversy if you discuss that with wrestling fans. Sure. So many yeah. of them say, oh, he's overrated, he doesn't deserve it. I I just are you jealous? I mean, a lot of people would say that about Cena too. Did, and he's like one of the biggest draws. Was he such a good heel that yeah. you legitimately hate him? Like, I don't understand. The dude is amazing. Yeah. I, I think it's a good big. I, I do. My last one, controversial for several reasons, and if I do this again in a month, I may not even pick them. I, I was between this person and like Sammy Guevara, who was a young up-and-comer who I really, really liked, uh, or you could even throw like Darby Allen interchangeable because they're they're like the young people who uh, now that I mentioned it, Darby Allen maybe should have been because he just kind of gives up his body like fully, but it's just crazy and doing so many cool things inside the ring out, wants to be a, wants to make movies and direct and does that kind of stuff. But this person as a, as a heel, great work, great on the mic, just fantastic. Uh, the chemistry with who they're paired with right now is fantastic as well. And Maybe doing a little bit of face work. I think this person is the gate to the next level of 
women's wrestling where we talk about Charlotte, we talk about Sasha, we talk about Bailey. And this person is, in my mind, one of the only people that can even it up, and it's Dr. Britt Baker. D and D. I, I think right now she's doing the greatest work that I've seen her do. She's a little raw at times, admittedly, and has had some bad matches. She's had some really good matches. The match with Thunder Rosa, the unsanctioned match, was fantastic. But, I mean, she's she's been beaten up, bloodied in several matches, some on purpose, some on accident, and just is a constant professional. When she's injured legitimately, she's on screen every week doing promos because she's that good on the line. I, I think that, like I said, in a couple months, it may not be on there, but I think that it's on there a little preemptively early that she could potentially change the big thing that AEW scrutinized for, and that's their women wrestling, women's wrestling. She could take that over the top. So that's a little surprised when you started talking about a heel, I thought you were going MJF. Yeah. MJF is definitely someone I consider too, but this probably isn't fair. I, he's wrestled like, I've only seen him wrestle eight times. Like he doesn't wrestle a lot, but yeah, that's my, I, I haven't, watched much of Brit. Yeah. But I don't ever hear the negatives. People yeah. are always just raving about how great she's doing. And like you said, maybe still a bit raw. I don't know how long she's been wrestling. But yeah. She's obviously still young, plenty of years ahead of her. And if she's already that good, yeah. Give her five years. Well and as we're talking about it, like maybe in place of her I should have used Charlotte Flair because Charlotte is Fantastic, but another person fans will say is overrated oh because they deserve their spot. Actually, I read an article, maybe we're going a bit off topic here, but they were talking about um, children who had surpassed their parents' legacies. Yeah, yeah. And number one, the article said Charlotte Flair. And people were losing their minds. Oh, Ric Flair's 16-time world champion, one of the greatest of all time. Well, there's the line that tells you if Ric Flair is one of the greatest of all time. In my mind, Charlotte Flair is the greatest female of all time. Yeah. So to me, that means she's surpassed his legacy. And people want to hate on her as much as they want to. But the fact of the matter, she's so She's good. good. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a, well, that might be a whole different wrestling segment is uh, family members and, and who's better. So we, we could go. All day with wrestling. Wrestling is going to be a recurring theme on this show for sure, I would say. All right, what else we got going on in the world today? Uh, something very near and dear to my heart that I would probably switch to if we're not talking about wrestling is video games. Of course. Um, I know you played quite a bit in your younger days. Not sure how much of a gamer you are it's, anymore. It's the same thing. I play. I played a ton when I was younger. Took a pretty large break where I didn't get to play video games all that much, and now I'm, I'm kind of turning back into games a little bit and really enjoying it. Well, it's actually funny because I have this list here of games you might recognize from when you were younger. <laughs> Very because possible. this year is. Kind of ridiculous as far as video game anniversaries. Um, something that I think you have zero interest in, but something that I have loved since I was young is Pokemon. Yeah. Um, 25th anniversary already of Pokemon. Crazy. But it's not that crazy because there's so much else this year. And I, 
I'm going by fives, just because fives are easy to remember. So 25th anniversary of Pokemon and Crash Bandicoot. Of course. Which I think is a classic. 30th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog. Wow. 35th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda, Metroid, and Dragon Quest. Huge. Oh. Uh, huge franchises. 40th anniversary of Donkey Kong. Wow. Like 40, I mean, that's the is that is the very first Donkey Kong like the, the arcade? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's crazy. 40 years. Yeah, I I just thought it was so interesting that these games are so old, but they're still so relevant today. Because I was just laying in bed last night on my Switch and playing Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, a game that I originally played for the Game Boy back in late 90s, early 2000s. Right. I don't remember exactly when it came out, but these games that were around before I was born were a huge part of my childhood, and now even as an adult, still mean so much to me. It's it's crazy what video games can do to a person, make them feel and all that. Yeah, I think the crazy thing is when you, if you look at a game and how many times it's been remade or they'll make another one, like, uh, I know Final Fantasy is huge and they have, I don't know how many of them now, but that's how you can kind of judge like the success of a, or popularity of a title. Like Zelda, how many games of those are there? How many Pokemon games are there? Because there's, I mean, there's tons and tons. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is quite impressive. So I, I don't know how I necessarily missed the boat on Pokemon. I was probably collecting wrestler cards and seeing yeah. Pokemon cards. Are they still introducing new Pokemon? Yes. Okay. Every, I forget what the cycle is, maybe three years, there's a new generation okay. where a new game comes out. Some of them only introduce, I think the lowest one they introduce, like 40 yeah, new Pokemon, and some of them have introduced a hundred plus. I mean, so definitely every couple of years they are introducing more. I think they're currently at the high eight hundreds. Okay. Whereas you know when we were kids it was one hundred and fifty one. If you knew about Neil, so the original one hundred and fifty one are they still relevant as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, the newest games were Sword and Shield and. The champion actually had a Charizard, was okay. his main Pokemon. So they're absolutely still relevant, still some of the most beloved, but they, they try to introduce new ones to give you more variety, especially if you're going into like competitive stuff. I don't think too deep into that because mm -hmm. I just want to relax and have a good time. Yeah. But no, definitely always growing, always changing. And it, it's really hard to keep track of it. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, maybe a good time to plug your Twitch channel if you ever dive into doing some Pokemon yeah, on there. I'm, I'm hoping to stream some games. I Honestly, what I would love to do is play the entire series of the main games from the beginning to the end. Um, Laxitude on Twitch. Um, I haven't got it. I, I'm ready. I just have to find the time and kind of get a schedule because I'd love to do it at the same time every week so that if people did want yeah. to watch live they would be able to know, hey, this day is what I when I want to watch. But then I do plan on cutting them up into videos for YouTube as well. So yeah. Maybe you can twitch tonight, play a little Phasma. Yeah. Do, do we need to mention Phasma? Phasma. I mean, I know we've we've probably mentioned it a lot before. <laughs> Definitely a very popular game that we're playing right now. Probably coming up on one year. Because it was out pretty close. It was out well before Halloween because they, at least for you guys, I joined a little later. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, it may have been a July or August. 
Could be it. The, the one that I wanted to mention when we talked about anniversaries is one that comes out every year, but the Madden game. So it comes out in August every year. Should have said at the beginning, it's August what is it? 11th today. Um, but it comes out in August every year, right around now, where it's um, preseason time, the season's getting ready to start. And just a game that I remember playing a ton of. And every year you buy the new one and nothing changed. Uh, even today, obviously, the players, the rookies coming in, players changing teams. But I think you can pretty much download all of that now if you really wanted to. Uh, but Madden, a game that near and dear to my heart for many, many years. I think I actually had uh, 21 last year. I, I bought it when it was on sale, maybe on a flash sale or something. So Madden, one that I'll always remember. Yeah, I think... I think the one I own is like 18. Yeah. It's definitely one of those games where I, I don't, unless the Colts were to get an amazing rookie that I wanted to play with all the time. Right. I don't really care about the updated rosters. I just <laughs> want to play a little football. Yeah. So it's something every three or four years on Black Friday when it's on sale, I'll pick up a new copy. But I'm definitely not one of the people that needs a new one. Yes. Yeah. And the new or the probably most popular game mode, I don't know if you play this or not, is where you create your own player and you play with them. So you don't really care who's necessarily around you that much. You're just you're the you're the quarterback. So you don't care if the Colts drafted, you know, Trevor Lawrence or, or somebody else. But I actually really like the ultimate team yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I don't like having to play against other people. Right. And like to get the really good players, you have to pay a ton of money. Yeah. So I never get too deep into it, but that's always a game mode that I've really enjoyed. If your team sucks and then you have to collect players to improve it and things like that. So I am a huge fan of that as well. Starting out with correct, even on an NBA game, which we could talk about at a different time, where you're an expansion team. So you get everybody designates a player and you start with a bunch of bums and then you have to kind of build your team. I love things like that. Always have. And speaking of, I guess, you know, the August 11th timeframe, it's kind of back to school season. Yeah. And I didn't know if we had any just very memorable or fun back to school stories that we could share or tell. Like for me growing up, we never had like, it's funny, my aunt just went to Columbus because she goes shopping there all the time. And I sent her a list of things to get for my kids for like back to school. And growing up, we just went to Walmart back to school, got our supplies, got a couple new shirts, new sweatpants. I mean, we met my parents never had the money to take us anywhere fancy or whatever. And then when you get into high school and you have a little bit of your own money, we would maybe go to the mall. I, my parents wouldn't take me, they, but I, I would go with a friend to the mall and buy some shirts or something. Uh, now, I feel like everything's just, you could do it online anyway, but that was definitely one leading up. I had severe anxiety growing up, like through almost the fifth grade, where the first few days of school were not great on me and eventually kind of got over that. But a lot of, even in high school, you were junior high, you have new locker combination. I still have dreams that I cannot remember my locker combination. I don't know why, but I still have those dreams. But I, anything for you stick out when, when we mentioned back to school 
See, I'm definitely the same as far as we go to Walmart, we grab the class list of things mm-hmm. we need, and we'd stick to that list. Yeah. We haven't get the extra stuff or anything. I can never get the 120 pack of crayons or whatever. Yeah, what was I using? It was it wasn't Crayola, it was something art. Uh, crazy art. Crazy art. Yeah, absolutely. I was a crazy art kid. <laughs> Nothing uh, wrong with them. No, no. Uh, no, I I don't know that I really had anxiety going back to school, but I've always been very awkward. Mm. And I don't I don't think that's a surprise to to you or anyone listening. <laughs> so I was just okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to find my seat and I'm just going to sit there and hopefully somebody says hi to me because yeah. you've probably even in high school, like I'm just going to go in, I'm going to sit down. Hopefully somebody says hi to me, even though I've known these same people for eight years, you know? Yeah. Um, I, my memory of my childhood is very, <laughs> very awful. So when I think of like, I've got a couple of, you know, times where I remember being in school and different things happening. But as far as back to school, I just think about the awkwardness. It, it's basically, sadly enough, it's almost like going into a, it was like going into a college class where you legitimately don't know anybody. Right. Even though you recognize all these faces, you're just like, I don't know anybody. Do they remember me? Do they even know who I am? And right. I, I, I hated that feeling, but I didn't hate going to school. I was never, never one of the kids that, yeah. didn't want to go. I enjoyed school. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed school. My brother used to beat me up on the way to school. We'd have to. So our bus route, we saw the bus drive down a big hill out our picture window. They would pick up a kid, turn around, come back up the hill, and then come pick us up. So when we saw it go down the hill, we would have to go up there. We then became friends with the neighbors and we'd go up early and hang out with them or whatever. And I remember vividly one day he put my arms behind my back and shoved me up against a brick wall. And like my instinct was to move my head up and I scuffed my chin. And then one day he took my lunch and I brought my lunch every day, every day for my entire elementary, I brought my lunch. And one day I just didn't have lunch and I didn't have like a balance because I didn't eat lunch. And they're like, where's your lunch? And I was like, my, my brother took it and just nonchalantly saying, and then he got in trouble for taking my lunch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the, I could probably go on for a long time about back to school. We might have to break that into a, another episode too. Uh, but in high school too, like it, every year it was come back to school, see who's changed, see new clothes and all that. And I was just like, always the same, same old clothes. And, and in college, for the first couple of years, I had long hair still until I had to get a cut for a, like an internship. But I remember going back to the like, wh- why would I ever even care yeah. what clothes? I wore sweatpants to college constantly and or basketball shorts and was just so if you're one of the people who care about how you look or you're worried about that don't be because it means nothing like it i'm gonna go a little opposite from that if you're one of those people that really cares i hope you feel good about yourself and i i I hope you really do well nobody else cares yeah you should not (laughs) worry 10 years you're gonna think you were an idiot but right now it's the most important thing i used to like towards the tail end i was definitely almost like i would get I, I wore like necklaces and like nice and I'm like, why 
why? Why did I do that? Yeah, I, my mom and I had two older sisters, so they would go shopping like Air Apostle or something yeah. and buy me these nice shirts or whatever. So I'd wear it one day and then I'd be like, okay, can I just wear my like football shirt? <laughs> can I go back to home? care. Oh, uh, good times. Well, I think I think we'll wrap up this one. I, that was a nice little introduction back yeah, into back into this. We're this is we're gonna stick to it this time. Yes. And I think if we don't. Yes, please do. If you have anything you want to talk about, you can head us up on Twitter. That's probably the best way. Um, or you can leave a comment on the YouTube video, which will be right down there. Or subscribe. I always get confused on that. Yes. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Never miss anything. And yeah, we look forward to kind of getting back into this. I think I think there's going to be a blog. That's, Remember what those are? It's in the works. Yeah. Yeah. Some blogging, maybe. We're going to have some fun. So thanks for listening. For Luke and Luke, we'll see you next time.